if you come on the podcast, good things happen for you and your team. And certainly Coach Goff was the very first coach to get back to us in the summer when we were asking about guys. And here he is at the end of the season with the team in the state final. Joined alongside me, as always, it's my co-host Robert Munoz. It is not the greatest day to be a Pokes fan, coming off a loss in the boat in the border war, and this weekend's game has been canceled against Air Force due to COVID nineteen. Hate to be the bearer of bad news if you didn't know that, but it's uh, so we're going to talk about those two things. Robert and I will dive into those. And then we are joined by Cheyenne East quarterback and arguably the best player, high school football player in the state, Graydon Buell. Patrick Schmidt was on last week talking about what an amazing talent Buell is. So we were lucky and fortunate enough to have him ahead of the state championship game when Sh- where Cheyenne East will take on Thunder Basin this weekend to, uh, you know, a rematch of the very first game of the season for those two teams, one that Thunder Basin came out on top of in a very tightly contested contest. So tightly contested contest, you, you think contested contest. That's uh, – I apologize. That's terrible. I should do better as a host. But anyways, so we'll get to that, and then we may – Talk a little Broncos, Denver Broncos, catch up with them where they're at on this season. It's certainly been an eventful one, up and down for the Denver Broncos, uh, especially if you're Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay. Both guys have dealt with struggles, different kinds of struggles, but that's certainly been an issue for the Broncos. So let's just dive right in. First off, as always, Robert. How's it going today? Going great, David, except the Pokes not playing this weekend and the game last week, of course. Those dang Rams. I don't know what happened there. Pokes just, they just didn't look like themselves. They didn't really look very well prepared. It's weird seeing them play that poorly. I didn't, I don't know. What what was going on there? I don't know, man. But yeah, it sucks this weekend. No, no game. Looking forward to it. Air Force. COVID. COVID nineteen, obviously. There's no it's not Wyoming's fault, but you you said this was gonna happen. There's gonna be at least two games that weren't gonna be played. So here's one of them coming up. Um but for you, Mr. David Graff, how are you acclimating to that windy city up there in Casper? Because I know you lived in Laramie. You lived in Laramie for a short time. But from my understanding, Laramie's not as windy as Casper. And that's what makes it cold is that bone-chilling wind. 
Man, it was 70 degrees last week here in Casper. And this week, as we're recording this on Thursday, it's about 28 degrees right now, which is pretty dang cold. It's, it's definitely not warm. does not feel like the great weather that we had last week. But, I mean, the wind is the wind. It's definitely windy, but, like, Laramie – it's just so windy. Uh, maybe it was because you walked to class, like, or at least I did. I know Robert lived a little far to walk to class. Uh, I walked to class, and it it would be windy, so I would get the brunt of it down there in Laramie. I I don't know if Casper, maybe statistically speaking, Casper is more windy, but to me, it just feels like when it's when it's blowing wind, like at the speeds that it is, is it's just wind. Like as as at, in terms of your own body temperature. Now, like when you're driving, that's different. Your car maybe is a little, a little shakier. You know. I know what you're saying. You maybe you should have stayed down there in the warm, not warm SoCal. Anyway, yep. Thunder Basin, traveling south. Cheyenne East is hosting the Class 4A state championship this week. It's going to be uh, Saturday, 1 p.m. kickoff, afternoon game. It's definitely going to be different. And get Graydon's thoughts on playing at home versus playing at War Memorial Stadium in Laramie, which is where the state championships usually take place but for now david just what 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 were your final thoughts following that pokes loss last week to down there in fort collins yeah let's dive into this pokes loss that since the game was on thursday it feels like it was a million years ago now i've had time to process it recover emotionally not worry about the safety of Brent Vegan's job. Honestly, last week, you turn the ball over two times. You throw a pick six. You turn the ball over two times in the first quarter, and they both lead to touchdowns, and the first one being a pick six. It's hard to come back from that. It's hard to come back from that. And you want to say that the pokes came out flat, Really, they just Levi Williams was kind of careless with the ball. The offense was wasn't playing horribly. I mean, it's one of those things to me where you dig yourself a hole like that. You can't you can't count on your team and yourself digging yourself out of the hole every time. Nevada was a similar hole in terms of the scoreboard. They didn't. Wyoming didn't necessarily turn the ball over to lead to Nevada's scoring. But in a rivalry game, we I firmly thought that the Pokes would come out there and try to take it to them, and they did. They tried to, and I think they had some success. You're going to have negative plays when you're running the ball as many times as Wyoming does in terms of yardage, but you can't have negative plays that result in turnovers. You can't have pick sixes. Certainly 
the opening drive, a pick six there is just brutal. And the the worst part is the the Colorado State defender. He made a he made a play to get that ball into the end zone. It wasn't the kind of thing where he jumped an out route and just took it to the house. He had to dodge some tacklers, and his team had to set up some blocks. I the I think that my overall takeaway from the game is just that it's similar after the Pac-12 started last weekend. They started their season, and as people know by now, I'm a huge Arizona State fan. And Arizona State, they lost a heartbreaker, giving up two TDs in the final 250 of the game and then had a minute left to try and go down and get a field goal. They got one first down and then couldn't gain another yard. And at first I was very upset. But honestly, this season, it's the kind where the bowl games are all weird. The conference is weird. I just think that you're really playing this season. The games are like live practice. It's live practice at this point. I mean, I kind of agree with you. It's just they're just doing what I mean, the best that they can with what they have. No fans trying to make money for playing on TV, obviously. We saw a great game from Aiden Eberhardt. Uh, Aiden had seven catches for 132 yards. 132 yards. He certainly balled out. Finally, he had his breakout game. We talked to him prior to the season. We were hyping him up prior to the season. He was going to be Wyoming's primary wide receiver. Finally, I know it's only three games into the season, but he had that game that we were expecting from him, even though the Wyoming Cowboys were the ball that often. They needed to. They needed to play catch up. But Xavier Valade still ran for 147 yards. He was still efficient on the ground. It was just coming from behind. Like you, I mean, that was a big. That was a big thing coming from behind. That's that's just how it goes in football. You get behind early, have to come back, especially in a rivalry game like that. And we kind of touched on that. Anything can happen in rivalry games. I still think the Cowboys are a better team, but. They weren't last Thursday. The biggest difference to me watching the game that that really stood out is that on big possessions, big plays, Colorado State made them when they needed to. They made the big play. They had the key stops. I mean, both teams only converted four third downs. But Wyoming went for it on fourth down four times and only got it once. Three fourth down stops for Colorado State is brutal. I mean, you're not going to win games if you give the ball back to the other team, obviously, without scoring. I mean, Wyoming outgained them 465 to 342. They ran 17 more plays. They obviously racked up more yards per play. They outplayed Colorado State 
But Colorado State made the momentum plays. They made them at home with no fans in the stands. And they 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 had a pick six. I mean, they scored a free touchdown. Free one. Like you're not it's just it's impossible to make that up unless you do that yourself. And that's not something that you can count on within the flow of the game. And just set the tone for the rest of the game, those early, that pick six. I mean, and obviously the fumble, those first quarter turnovers set the tone for the rest of the game. Yeah, you're, you're talking about setting the tone. Wyoming was down 24-7, to seven, let alone being down 14 nothing early in the first quarter. They were down 24-7, to seven, and there are only a few minutes left in the first half. You can't underscore enough, like, the fact that you, you have to stay in games. You can't just come back all the time. You can't create a sense of urgency. You need that sense of urgency when you step on the field. When the ball kicks off, there needs to be a sense, a collective sense among the team that we're going to go out there and we're going to win this game right now. You obviously can't win a game in the first quarter, but you can lose it. Wyoming lost that game in the first quarter when you throw a pick six and then the very next possession you fumble again on third down and Colorado State immediately cashed it in. It's one of those things you can't keep putting yourself in terrible holes, honestly. Especially, especially when you're a run-heavy, run-first offense. Exactly. Even though the running game was still efficient, but eats clock. Eats clock, all sorts of things. I mean, coming out of the second half, too, you're down 10, and you had gotten the ball first and obviously thrown the pick six. They got to stop. They got to stop coming out of halftime, and that's not easy to do. And then the offense, again, the, there's no sense of urgency, none whatsoever. They end up, they were able to kick a field goal, make it 24 17. But then after they had kicked a field goal, Colorado State scored a quick touchdown. I mean, Colorado State answered every punch that Wyoming had. Absolutely. You couldn't have said it better. Oh, man. Couldn't have said it better, Mr. David Graff. Got to move on from that poor poor performance from the Pokes. I don't think I've ever seen Craig Bull that mad. He was <laughs> Pretty livid. livid there. He's livid. I haven't seen him that angry since last season after the Utah State game. And I can't remember who he took it out on in the post-game media It was scrum. Davis Potter. Davis Potter from uh, the Ca- Casper Star Tribune, who's he's taken some heat on this podcast the last two weeks now, I guess. But I, I don't know Davis, but I'm sure he's a good guy. He just – he's, you know, put, put his foot in his mouth a few times probably. Uh, anyways, it's, it's just really – it'll be interesting – the next game is a home game. Wyoming against Hawaii, they kind of came out with some energy at home. But, again, 
Like, I don't – I think that may have had more to do with the talent on the Hawaii squad than, than anything that Wyoming did in terms of how they played in that first half compared to the other two first halves they've played. Wyoming's next game, obviously this weekend, first game – First game of probably two that I got that's going to get canceled due to COVID against Air Force. So we don't really, we don't even really need to go into that unless you have a a poignant thought about COVID nineteen and the epidemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, that has come across college football. Nope. Just hope that they can bounce back at home next All week right. against Utah State. Yeah, and we hope everyone at Air Force gets as healthy as they can be and is able to quickly return to the field in Mountain West Conference play. So definitely hoping that for them. No ill will. It's it's Honestly, it's just the reality of college football and the landscape at large. So there's not really much to say about a canceled game other than it's – been canceled and that sucks. Sucks. Yeah, no hard no hard feeling on the Air Force. It's obviously they would want to play, but yeah, it just sucks. Yeah, no doubt. But there is a big game on our schedule, on Wyoming's schedule, and a huge game on the schedule of their next opponent as well. Utah State travels to Laramie and Utah State just fired their coach. That's a pretty good sign for Wyoming to get things on track. Utah State fired Gary Anderson, who kind of kind of revived this program, actually, and turned them into a contender in his first stint in Logan. And this time around, it didn't start off so hot. Started off this year 0-3. And the, the fans, the people, the athletic department, they're like, no, you're done. You're out. Kicked him out of town. So he's done. Utah State's going to be looking for a new coach. And I was reading a piece in The Athletic that was kind of interesting. Normally, you'd have to wait to try and hire a new coach until after the season. But it was brought up that Utah State could be a – they could be a destination for a top FCS football coach. Of course, the FCS isn't playing in the fall. So they, they could hire somebody from those ranks fairly quickly. Now, I'm not saying they're going to hire that person and they're going to be coaching next Thursday against the Pokes, but it, it's something to keep an eye on. And it certainly could be an interesting coaching search for Utah State considering they're, they fired who was considered a legend there in Logan. And he didn't bring legendary results in his second stint. Okay, so that's my spiel on Utah State and the interesting things happening there. But bodes well, all is all I'm saying for Wyoming next week when they take on Utah State in Logan – Maybe we'll have somebody on the podcast to talk about what what exactly is going on there. It certainly looked like it could have been a good season. Obviously, they lost Jordan Love, but 
They brought in Jason Shelley, a Utah transfer who was pretty good in his limited action on the field with the Utes. So we'll see what happens next week. Wyoming, can't wait for it. That's enough poke talk. Right now we go to the high school ranks and we're going to talk to the best player in the state. It, it's, it's pretty unanimous at this point. Graydon Buell from Cheyenne East. His team takes on Thunder Basin in the 4A state finals this weekend. And we caught up with him before that game. So here he is. And on the other side, we'll talk a little, a little high school football finals and maybe some Broncos. All right. It is an amazing treat. We are greeted by arguably the best player in the state of Wyoming right now at the high school level. Maybe an argument could be made at the college level. I don't know. I'm not going to make that argument. But he is in the state championship, and he's quarterbacking Cheyenne's Graydon Buell. Graydon, how's it going today? It's good. Everything's good. I would... I can imagine that things are pretty good. I mean, you're you're in the week before the state finals. It's a big game. It's kind of a re- a revenge game for Cheyenne East. What does it mean to see Thunder Basin on the other side of the bracket for you guys after obviously you played a hard-fought game against them in week one? You didn't come out on the right side, but you have a chance to right the ship. Yeah, for sure. We're super excited. Um, after our win against Sheridan, when we found out that Thunder Basin got the win on the other side of the bracket, we were super excited. I mean, everybody knows that they're our only loss and we owe them one. So we're glad it's them. We we don't want to leave any doubt in anybody's mind. So we're, we're, very, we're very glad. I'm certainly hyped up for the match, for the matchup. I know Robert is. Last week at the college level, a similar situation played out with Notre Dame and Clemson. Ian Book talked about how he didn't like getting his butt kicked by Clemson in the college football playoff a few years ago. So he had this he had that game against Clemson circled on the calendar. What can you take from Notre Dame's performance last week and put it towards you, your team's effort this Friday? Oh yeah, I mean Clemson has always had the better of Notre Dame, and it seems like Thunder Basin has always had the better of us for, I mean, three years since I've been in Cheyenne. They've always had the upper hand and got came out on top. So, I mean, just like Notre Dame, we just got to come out and play football, play our style of football just like Notre Dame did. And not really care who our opponent is, just play our style of football just like Notre Dame did and hopefully come out with a win just like Notre Dame did. You guys really haven't cared who you were playing like you just said it seems it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the field you're doing what you're doing on both sides of the ball what do you think has been the biggest success for you guys this season what do you think has led to all the success you're having um i think mainly it's just our speed on on the offense offensive side of the ball we go so fast i mean we are snapping the ball before some defenses are even set and stuff like that so when you're going so fast and the teams don't have the opportunity to sub and we're in such great shape, it's it's pretty hard to defend. And then when we have such such good athletes like we do, I mean, it makes it for a tough tough defend. And um, 
I think our film study, we, we all on the offensive side of the ball know what, the, what they're going to do. We know what they like to do. We know, I know what coverages they're going to run. I know before the ball is even snapped what they're going to do. So I think the combination of our, our knowledge of the defense that they're running and our speed is just, it makes us pretty hard to stop. I kind of want to know, I haven't really uh, heard too much, but what what, what colleges are interested in you? What colleges have been showing the most interest in you? And what colleges are you kind of uh, looking at right now? Yeah, I'm just keeping my options open. Um, I've had a few calls from like UW, um, like Black Hill State, Minot, stuff like that. Um, some Shadron, um, Colorado Mesa, stuff like that. I have an office from Montana Tech, of Montana, Montana State, and Montana have been interested in contacting me. Um, I'm really not focusing on college right now. I just want to go win a state championship. That's kind of been my focus all season when colleges have been texting me and stuff. My coach has been in contact with a lot of them for me so that I can focus on playing high school football and going and getting a win every week. So stuff like that, and I'm not really focused on it. But after, hopefully we can get a win, and then after the season, hopefully I can find a college that fits me and can go play college football and get a good education. Love to hear that the focus is solely on Saturday. Yeah. Saturday, uh, rare opportunity. For rare opportunity, you guys are hosting the state championship, which, I mean, you know, it's pretty crazy. Maybe, would you have rather played at War Memorial rather than hosting the championship? Um, I don't know. I really like, I think we have the best stadium in the state. Um, War Memorial would be awesome, no doubt about it. Um, it would be, it'd be crazy to play there. But I, I like the idea of playing on our home field. We're pretty solid on our home field. Um, it was funny, like, at the beginning of the season when, when – we found out that it was going to be played at the higher seed. A lot of our, a lot of us came together and were like, this is the biggest year for get, the most important year to get the one seed. And we got that done. So we're all super excited. We all would love to play at one Memorial, but we also love our home atmosphere. We love our home crowd and we just love the home feel that we will have on Saturday morning. Yep. Saturday afternoon game. That's going to be great. Uh, um, is the day game kind of, what do you think about the day game? Is that kind of, what's that going to bring in play? Um, I don't think they'll bring much in play. I mean, it if you can't get excited for a state championship game, no matter what time, I mean, you probably shouldn't be on the field anyway. So I don't think it'll be bring much difference. I mean, the sun will be out. That's about it. And um, they're going to be ready to play football. We're going to be ready to play football. So I don't think it'll be much of a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of talked to you about this after your game on Friday and, uh, the season was in jeopardy, obviously. And now you guys are playing for the state championship. Just what does that say about the program? And just you guys, it was, it was kind of unlikely. It kind of seemed unlikely there for a little bit. What does that mean to you and to the program to be able to overcome all the obstacles you guys overcame? Oh, it means a lot. Um, we're all super proud of ourselves. Our coaches are super proud of us, and um, it means a lot to us. We ha- historically have a really good, really good team in Chinese, and um, my class has never really got been able to get over the hump of the semifinals. We've always came a touchdown short, and so it means a lot to us. I mean, like Coach Goff said um, in practice last week before the semis, just focus on getting a win. 
focus on playing hard, playing your best style of football, and stuff will stuff will turn out good. And that's what we did. So after that, it feels really awesome. I mean, we're all super excited. And, but the job's not done. We're all super excited, but we want a state championship. We just didn't want to get there. We want to win one. Yeah, I know you guys' the motto is 1-0. Yeah. Right. 1-0 each week. Yeah, 1-0. I mean, that we have it plastered up everywhere in the locker room, 1-0. I mean, sometimes it's not even 1-0 in the week, 1-0 at practice. Get better at practice. Get better at every rep you have on Monday. Get better at every rep you have on Tuesday. Just be 1-0 in every aspect of life. So that's pretty much what we go by. And what do you think uh biggest key will be on Saturday to go 1-0? Um, I think not turning the ball over. Big part on me is making right reads and not turning the ball over, throwing interceptions. But I think mainly just getting off to a fast start. We always like to take the ball, put our offense on the field, make the other teams play from behind. So I mean, we did it Saturday afternoon and get off to a fast start, get up seven hour early. I mean, that'll be very big for us. So I think that's a big part of starting off fast, but. Once we get up, we can't we can't let off the gas. I feel like we've done that a little bit sometimes. So just getting up early and then keep your foot on the gas and put a lot of points up on the board. I want to ask about the season in total. What moment from this season really stands out as a moment where it was like, man, this team can really make a run? Obviously, you guys made you lost the first game. So there might have been some doubts after that first game, but what moment did it click for you that this team was special? Um, it was actually probably before the season, like when we really noticed that we were special. I mean, um, we couldn't have any actual football activity with coaches. Um, we could just do summer weights. And I remember um, every day after summer weights, we would walk over to the street and kind of have our, run our own little practices and, I mean, for ha- to have 50 high schoolers walk over and kind of work on work on our craft by ourselves without any coaches, I knew we were going to be special because, I mean, we all, it shows that we all wanted to be great. And then I think when we realized that we have a, we have a good shot is um, after the Sheridan game because our offense didn't play great that game. We dominated that game like – like yards wise, but we didn't put the ball, we put, didn't put points on the board like we usually did, and we still came out with a win. So we could, we found out we could win close games. So I think those, those two, especially the Sheridan game, um, was kind of, kind of the like, oh, we're we're really good because we usually don't beat Sheridan up in Sheridan. It's a hard place to get wins, and when we came out on top, I was like, yeah, we're we, we're gonna have a shot. Great, and I have to ask. Um... Everyone probably listening listening knows how great your sister is at basketball. Uh, she's obviously one of the best, if not the top players in the state the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Can you be her one on one on the court? Uh, yeah, because oh, we know we know you're an all state basketball player as well. So yeah, yes, what's going sir. on there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I I don't take it easy on her. I, I in one on one, it's not even fair anymore. But I don't know you. You, you put us in a shooting competition and she can stroke so she can shoot the ball lights out so it, she'll take one and I'll take like two and then she'll take one shooting competitions and I'll take two but no just, she's, she's, a, she's a baller but yeah I definitely I definitely have the upper hand there what move kills her the most if you guys are playing one on one 
oh, it's the hezzy. It has to be the hesitation. It's just she always have always having her leave her feet, and then I just have wide open layups. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, now her opponents know how to beat her too. So uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, just yeah, exactly. So listen, listen to the podcast and have our brand on Kai. I'm just playing. I want to wrap it up here <laughs> with one final question about your season in total on the gridiron. What what has been your favorite play so far from this season? Oh, that's hard. Um. I don't. I don't know. I the play against Sheridan where I kind of ran around in the pocket. I was. I was really excited because it was such a big game and such a big moment. The moment in the game. So I think that was that was pretty exciting. But I I, I like my twenty nine yard run to the end zone because I I usually don't usually don't put it in from that far out. I can put it put it in the end zone from like five ten yards out. But running the ball from thirty isn't isn't, isn't my cup of tea so it's either one of those two plays probably both plays coming in the semifinals then huh yeah the biggest the biggest stage so far this year so let's hope hopefully i can have more exciting play come saturday well it's been a season full of highlights and it's only fitting that you save the best for the last good luck yeah this weekend against uh thunder basin graden buell the quarterback of cheyenne east Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Cheyenne East quarterback Graydon Buell, and we wish him luck on Saturday against Thunder Basin. It's going to be an awesome game, a little bit of a revenge game. So I'm kind of I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that. I know Robert is, so I'll just let Robert take the floor. He wants to talk about that game or talk about the interview, or whatever he's got on his mind. It's his time to shine. There's not too much going on up here most of the time, David. I don't think too much. But at revenge game, the only team to beat East this season, Thunder Basin, and East was – they're winning from most of that game, and they had a chance. Pretty sure it came down to the final possession of the game, and East just – kind of ran out of time. Um, so, yeah, revenge game. East has East, – East is going to come out. They're, I, I don't know. I think they're going to win. I'm not being biased at all. I'm really not being biased. Trying not to be biased, but that's my prediction. I think East is going to win. I don't – maybe be four, six points. Uh, and I think that's probably wise because they do have the best quarterback in the state, probably the best player in the state. And Thunder Basin uh, lost to Central. Of course, that was early in the season, uh, week five. East dominated Central. It's going to be a good game, though. That that doesn't matter. This is a state championship. All their games probably aside, doesn't matter. Just really looking forward to it, David. It's going to be a great game. Maybe you can watch it. Uh, I don't know. I think you have to pay. I don't really know how that works. Maybe you can watch it. Maybe I could just FaceTime and, you know, you can watch. Maybe you can do that. I don't know. Maybe NFHS will come at me for doing some of that. So, 
Yeah, we'll see. I'll I'll definitely find my, a way to get my eyes on this game. I'll be at work though, so that'll be the the real challenge working this weekend as opposed to a normal work week. So we'll see how I how I figure it out how to watch this game, but definitely looking forward to it. Shout out to Coach Goff and Graydon Coach Goff as we as I've mentioned on this podcast. If you come on the podcast, good things happen for you and your team. And certainly Coach Goff was the very first coach to get back to us in the summer when we were asking about guys. And here he is at the end of the season with the team in the state finals. The, just think about that. Let that process. Longest winning, longest winning streak in program history, 10 games. It's, it's been a good year. It's been a good year for Coach Goff. And I don't want to attribute that to coming on the, the podcast, but it's good karma. That's all I'm saying. There's good karma associated with the Ohio Sports Podcast. Good things happen for Jacob Bobbenmeyer, even though the Broncos do exactly. suck. That bodes well for uh, Graydon Buell on Saturday, too. And I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out the boys at Kelly Walsh on a good season. They got trounced in the semifinals. There's no other way to put it. They just got blitzed. So, But they had a great season and certainly proud of them and can't wait to see what they do next season as well. But now a Casper resident, Natron is obviously always the powerhouse football program up there. Yeah. Are you a Kelly Walsh fan? I mean, Kelly, I can't really be a fan of either school, but I – I, I got to say, Coach McKelkey, that, that's a – you got the right leader in place. You got a good coach, a good man, and a guy who is really excited about what he has at Kelly Walsh. That's certainly for sure. So really, really happy for those guys and can't wait to see what they do again next season and hopefully a, a regular year in 2021. So move on. Go to, like you just mentioned, Jacob Bobbemeyer's Denver Broncos. Another guy who's had good karma ever since coming on the podcast. He was on our very first episode, Mr. Bobbemeyer. Broncos are coming off a weird loss against the Atlanta Falcons. They were never really in the game, but they tried to mount a comeback late. It was really weird they hadn't. Yeah, they had an opportunity to win the game. It was very unexpected as I changed the channel and disappointment to red zone. No no double TV screens going. So I changed the channel. I was kind of sad, a little upset. Thought I would check on my fantasy football players. Yeah. I, I, I don't have much thoughts on the Broncos other than they're just – they're extremely disappointing. And until they do something that, like, is genuinely exciting – and I know some people might say, well, they beat the, the Chargers on the very last play of the game. That was certainly exciting. It was not exciting because it was the Chargers. It wasn't that – It was the Chargers, okay? And he, the Chargers are going to lose on the very last play of the game. That's a given. That is written into their NFL agreement. 
they have to lose on the very last play of the game. It, it doesn't matter who they're playing against, what the score is, they're going to find a way to do that. So that doesn't count to me. It just it doesn't count. So no, I don't think Drew Locke is very good. No, he's not. He's not good. He's flat out. Not good. Flat out. He's not good. Lulu, my dog, disagrees and says that Drew Locke is the future of the franchise based on her whining. But I disagree with her. He's got all the talent around him. Uh, he's got his college tight end with him. Obviously, he got hurt, tore his ACL, so that that's disappointing for the rest of the season. But it, he's not the guy. He's not the guy. We'll see who they bring in. Hopefully, it's not another Trevor Simeon. Maybe the Broncos should just start tanking for Trevor. <laughs> I don't know if they if the Jets could. Uh, they blew their win. chance by winning that Thursday night game. Yep. If they lose that Thursday night game, they're they're firmly in the running for Trevor Lawrence. It's a sad but true development. Well, that's it for this episode of the Wild Sports Podcast. We appreciate everybody for listening and for subscribing and sharing it with their friends. It's really a blast to do this every week. Also appreciate the folks over at Wyo Sports for letting us do this. So shout out to them as well. Just want to remind you that Wyo Sports will have excellent coverage for this weekend's state finals, state championship game. So do check them out at wildsports.net and subscribe if you can. Also appreciate all the folks who donate to the podcast here and hit the link in the description and throw a few shekels our way. It certainly means a lot to us. It goes all to us. So don't worry about if you subscribe to Wyo Sports that you're you're doubling up on your Wyo Sports subscription. That money goes to us, so we really appreciate those folks. Also, want to remind you that Robert and I are both on Twitter, always available. I am at Mr. David Graff. Robert is at Armunos307, holding it down for the Cowboys State. We are both now holding it down in different regions here, different counties. County number one and county number two on lock in the state here between Robert and myself. So really happy about that, as well as shout-out to Shakewell for the music. and can't wait to see a classic of a state final this weekend. We will talk to you next week before the Pokes take on the Headless Horseman a.k.a. the Utah State Aggies. Hell yeah, BB.
attention, baby. So take some notes and take some time on words to sign and shout out any suggestions, baby. Now I've learned a lesson with you. School.